Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! All right. I'm with Joel Atkinson and Malakaraza. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'm Jill Rigotti. No, oh, I'm just sorry. Kidding. Yeah, we got a, <laughs> we got male Jill Rigotti back here. Jill, uh, as usual, did not want to suffer through a horror movie. We saw the movie Hereditary, and on the count of three, Joel and Matt and I are going to give our one to ten rating. One, two, three, seven. Eight point five. Wow. Were you a seven, seven. Michael? Yeah. Yeah. So Joel was eight point five. Locke and I, Matt Lockeraza and I were sevens. Yeah. 8.5, Joel. Expound. I want to... I was just enthralled the entire time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of like I thought I would be. Because I heard, you know, people say it's the scariest movie ever made, which definitely was not that. No, <laughs> it was not. I was not that scared at, no. like, really any point. Where, right. Like, at the beginning, because I was expecting something... And there's certainly, you know, I mean, when she sees her mom in the room, that was, like, cre- really creepy. Right. Because you're like, I don't know how this is going to turn. And then at the end, obviously, you know, when she's crawling around on the roof. It's, it's spo- right into spoilers. Yeah. You know, you're like, I mean, that's creepy. Certainly. I'm not. It's not like a not scary movie, but it wasn't terrifying in any like the hype i don't think is real i mean i think they're doing a good job selling it and i don't think it'll disappoint people yeah i mean how else do you get people to see a horror movie right. and tell them it's the scariest movie yes right yeah 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 but like the whole like having charts of people's <laughs> heart rate i was like at some point i like settled in and felt like pretty yeah I okay felt, i felt safe yeah yeah i mean i, I granted i had two cuddle buddies with me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty slow burn of a movie. Yeah, and I guess that I was surprised by there not being quite as explosive of a climax right. as I expected. It was, it was still like even the climax had a slow burn to it. Yes, for sure. And it was just like lots of slow reveals. And right. Stuff. Yeah, the climax. So here's my thing. Like I was thinking, like right as we were coming out of the movie theater, is. I've seen a couple movies like this. I'm trying to think. Um, House of the Devil, I think, was kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, not in the like body of the movie, but just in that it was a slow build, and at the end you have this like cult, right? And um, I'm and the witch, it also similar. I don't yeah, know if you guys I, saw the witch. Yeah, I thought it was pretty similar. The vibe yeah, to very it. similar to the witch. Yeah, um, but the thing about those movie and and I don't not so much the witch but house of the devil in this one it's like kind of like at the end it's almost like yep well it's this devil cult you guys know those devil cults and I'm like do I like you know like it's just like it just feels like you could have made this whole entire thing up like is Paimon a real demon and like it feels a little anticlimactic to me because it just is like 
we made up a demon name and these guys worship that demon and now the boy is the demon you guys oh boy and I'm like I don't feel excited I just feel like it's you know I mean obviously creepy and you feel bad for the kid and the whole you know the whole situation you're just like uh, but it, it leaves me it just leaves me feeling unsatisfied at the ending uh-huh. it's, it's me yeah how did the ending leave you, Joel? I was uh, the same way as the witch, honestly. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, oh, this this is what it's going to be? Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. So you were thoroughly creeped out, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. See, I, I thought I was going to love it because I thought it was going to be incredibly scary. And instead I loved it because it was really... Like dread inducing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which Dave and I talked about last night about why do I like horror movies? That's the best I could come up with was the feeling of dread that <laughs> the really good ones give me. But honestly, I thought um, the way it was shot, edited, and shot composition, cinematography, I just thought was incredible, especially for a first time director. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. I, I also knew that coming in, and I agree very much. The movie, I get after my super negative reaction just then, I want to say the build, I love the slow build. Loved it in House of the Devil, loved it here, loved it in The Witch. You know, like all these movies that it's just like tense, there's little moments of scariness, but you don't know what's happening. And right. this one, if you like that sort of thing, that's where the bulk of my seven came from is like it was so tense the whole time it was shot beautifully acted beautifully to bring that out yeah tony collette as usual just knocked it out of the park oh incredible yeah Yeah. i agree she should get an oscar nomination for that yeah yeah Yeah. uh i just want to point out how creepy the music was Yeah, yeah very effective yeah it was colin stetson i'm really excited to listen to this soundtrack he's like a uh, saxophone player Dave that w- has worked with Bon Iver and oh, like, really? yeah he's he plays baritone saxophone and is very interesting I've seen him live he's really intense and crazy live yeah yeah he like cuts people's heads off and stuff. Yeah. yeah he does <laughs> tons of head heads lost at oh. Colin Stetson shows <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, that was a big theme, I guess, huh? Like, I, I have some logistical questions about how this cult works. Yes. So, I think the answer to this first question is no. But the the support group, none of them were part of the cult, right? It was just Ann Dowd, or it was just Joan. Yeah, I Joan don't... trying to like pretend she was part of that group to get to ingratiate herself. I think to... so, but I didn't really look at the faces of the people. To yeah, compare I feel to... like if they wanted us to realize that this whole support group is just a front for a cult, they would have. Like, yeah, registered the faces a bit more. Right, I that's agree. true. That's true. But I just wondered that because I, I wonder if that that might have made it a little bit more creepy to have that be a twist of like a support group that is yeah. really just a way to sucker people into. I like that. being the host of, you know, like a, <laughs> I agree a with demon. you, Dave. I really I like that, but I don't think that was the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, because you know, support groups are already kind of this thing that people have resistance about because of like, what's it going to do? Or like, I feel like I'm just going to wallow in my self-pity and so to, to kind of like hammer that down of like yes there is a reason not to go to it <laughs> like, I just think that, you know you, you talk about like finding horror in the mundane kind of like which, is, which this movie was definitely doing yeah. I think it would have been fun to see 
yeah. that as well. But that's just that's just me trying to do a little punch up with the script. Yeah, that's fine. I like. But I, yeah, what, how did you guys uh, like? Did you guys read in, read any themes into what well, was uh, taking place? I definitely thought it was a movie. For most of the movie, I felt the movie was about grief. Absolutely, I was going to yeah, say that. Like, yeah, and I, I thought it did a really good job of that. It was like, this woman... In fact, even in the end, like I still think like the supernatural thing came in like, when he doesn't trust her because he thinks she's going crazy, Right. that's when it's like, okay, now everybody's lost. You know what I mean? I liked how um, in during the first support group meeting... Uh, when she she's like I don't want to say anything and then she just kind of lets everything out <laughs> it's also like kind of an exposition dump in a way yeah. like my mom is really crazy and my yeah. my brother and father died in mysterious circumstances yeah but it, it didn't feel too obvious I mean it was very intense and right crazy but I like the way that was done yeah I agree exposition was handled well in this yes um, yeah to to go back to like how grief was handled in this movie I liked that it was um, kind of similar to It Comes at Night or, well, sorry, I forget the title of that movie. It Comes at Night, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of poisoning their relationships right. with each other. And, uh, you know, no one, no one's at fault for the death of uh, Charlie. Charlie, right. It's no. a freak accident. Like, right. there's absolutely no way to pin blame. Right. But our kind of lizard brains can't help but, like, assign a very easy cause and effect in a way that is like a coping mechanism for us to just find some answers to why did we feel this way right and so you know the mom blames the son the son blames the mom and uh i liked seeing that you know thematically the damage was already done um when they couldn't get beyond their lizard brain reactions to this yeah right tragedy I would say that it was no, it was not exactly a freak accident. Really? Because the first time you see that telephone pole, yes, it has the symbol that's oh, on the really? necklace yeah, on it. Yeah, it's really uh-huh. true. Uh huh. And here's another little thing that I noticed that I really liked. Um, kind of unrelated, but I I did notice that Joel, which was I thought really interesting. Because what did they put that telephone pole there? Like what <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but another tiny thing that I really noticed was um, in the beginning at the funeral, Charlie, when she's in front of um, her grandmother's casket, she looks over and there's this blonde smiley man who looks like Biff from... <laughs> yes. Do you remember that? Yes. And in the end, when Peter comes downstairs into the main room and is looking at his father's body, the the naked man who appears in the doorway was that guy oh my god yeah okay. and i lo- oh i loved it because he was such a striking image from the beginning right and he's the first cult member that you see in the house when peter wakes up so it's like it was a really good um you know just a subtle callback because you could have missed him in the beginning but it he is making such a face that like uh-huh. you you remember him if you did see him which i did you know so i was like um that was a nice thing like be interesting to see on repeat watches like they show you so many of those cult members at the end like where they were throughout the rest of the movie would be Uh, really interesting to me uh, because I doubt he's the only one you know yeah that's a good point also I really found those words written on the walls really really creepy yeah 
Yeah, I loved that. I couldn't really read them. Were they supposed to be indecipherable? They seemed, for the most part, except for pandemonium, <laughs> yes. which means a bunch of demons. Oh. Literally. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that literal interpretation. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, the rest of them weren't necessarily English, but they were just, you know, probably creepy. Con- probably conjuring words. Yeah. What do you think about, um, this might be a quibble, the way the father handled grief because he didn't really seem to show anything until he kind of broke down in the car for like two seconds toward the end i don't know which breakdown i don't, I don't even remember oh, when he was down. driving the son home from school and he's waiting at the traffic light oh sure sure he well, starts crying he he was in a position where he had to be the rock for the family right. and like you know what if you think about it like it wasn't his mother um, they did give him a nice scene with um, Charlie's notebook with the drawings. So I think, you know, you, he had a harder time after that. Right. You know, I think, um, you know, he didn't want to do the seance, you know, like. I think they, I think he did. I love that actor. Gabriel uh, Byrne. First of all, That's what's great. his name again? Gabriel Gabe, Byrne. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I loved him in In Treatment, an HBO show. That was yeah, the best. really good in that. Um, but he's he's so good. And I think he played, like, a really good, almost maybe unrealistic, like, rock for the family. Like, he was just, like, seeing things very cut and dry, like, so removed. But I guess that was also part of, like, what they were trying to show us is that everybody in this family was Doesn't isolated from one another. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so... And as far as like actual events as opposed to things that were dreams. Yeah. Do you guys think Gabriel Byrne's character saw the glass move and the candle blow up and everything, right? And then I think so. Oh yeah. He's yeah. just trying they're... to like deny that by saying that she was sleepwalking. Right. And, like and, like for whatever happened there, like this is ultimately about your sleepwalking. Right. But like I that's a little bit of a quibble to me, like that he couldn't Yeah. I think but... that's a trope in horror movies, like a character sees something that they can't really explain and then something else happens that like slightly is a mitigating factor for like that they're being like as also in addition to this my loved one or partner is, is crazy like um but like that, that doesn't stop this thing that you just saw from from being a real thing that happened so right that, that kind of i, I kind of get annoyed at that when, yeah when a character is in such denial but I guess I've never been in a situation where I had to uh, be faced with supernatural events. Yeah, True. yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think another theme maybe was like she wasn't telling him what was going on. She wasn't telling him she was going to grief. Like that, it was that. I think a big theme of the movie was that isolation yeah. in the family where they just weren't talking to one another. He didn't tell her that the grave was desecrated. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like if they communication breakdown, then yeah, they, yeah. they could have tried to. Uh, like I mean, yeah, obviously their feelings are important to talk about, but even just like basic things that happen, like that's yeah, kind of I, crazy. You wouldn't tell someone. I contrast that to other horror movies where it's like you know they're sharing in the exposition and being like, "What should we do?" You know, uh-huh. like it. It was almost. It was very striking. It was definitely a choice in this movie that. Um, each family member is experiencing things and seeing things, you know, like even Charlie sees that girl or the woman 
you know, lighting a fire in their yard, you know, like the, that was an early cult sign. And she doesn't, you know, her mom doesn't apparently see it when she comes down to get her, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, things like that, you know, it's like they were just disconnected, right. you know. Yeah. I really like the lo-fi ghost effect. Which one? The like, oh, like the shimmery light. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, was yeah, effective. That was, was really cool. good. I just also need to mention, you know, like Tony Collette crawling on the walls in the end. Oh, yeah, that. Like when she just, oh, she's in the corner when he wakes up, terrifying, because that's like the first time you've seen that and you're like, oh, great. Here we go. Now it's like real ghost time. Right. And then he's like turning and she just skitters out of the room. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then hitting the head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that stuff was. Woof. Woof. When she cut her head off, I was not scared. I was just like, that's weird. That's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so was she fully inhabited by a different demon at that point? Like, I think Paimon had to move from like a female to a male. I think that's what they said so maybe she was in or he was in her but wanted to get to her son okay somehow yeah i see that's the thing that's my like little complaint is that i'm like there's like seems to be all these rules and stuff that you're like it's just made up i don't i didn't get any context for that uh yeah it's a little bit quickly yeah. uh, explained a little too late to feel like it was totally earned. Well, she sees it a little bit in the books yeah. and stuff. So enough yeah. so you get it and that and that's fine. But I always like with these movies I'm like it would be cooler if like this and maybe it is. I I haven't checked yet, but if this was something I could go look up on the internet later and be like, "No, that's Paimon's a demon that they really think does this and there's like a cult that." Uh-huh. Right. You know what I mean? Like and if it would be cooler if like it was something that people had public knowledge of. So you're in the movie and you're like, oh, I think this is like yeah. this one thing, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would compare it to kind of like, as a non-Marvel fan, waiting till the credit, like the post-credit stinger yeah. and seeing a character, like, I forget when Thanos first shows yeah, up. Yeah, But like, being like, oh, Thanos. And people are like, oh, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently that's something that I should be excited about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like, it, it it would be nice if it was a little bit more of a cultural, um, like, hearing a, a legend about, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, there's not really cults like that. I mean, I yeah. think our culture just, like, blocks out any cult, <laughs> which is yeah. probably good. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's uh, reevaluate. So, uh, Joel was an 8.5. Lachlan and I were both 7s. Um, I think I'm... I think we're going up to seven point five. I'm going up to seven point five too. Nine. You're up to a nine. Yeah. yeah. I just I feel I feel like there's so much that I still need to process before I can even talk about it. But just yeah, it's the way it made me feel. It's yeah. So terrible and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most interesting and beautifully shot, mm-hmm. well acted, well put together horror movies. Like yeah, yeah. So. You know, any complaint I have, and I just don't, like, love the genre, is maybe what keeps me from going higher. Sure, sure. But I, you know, it, I'm going to say, like, strong 7.5, maybe uh-huh. even an 8. You uh-huh. know, but. Cool. Well, we're at our uh, restaurant that we're going to grab some grub, so we'll see everybody later. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye.